0: Hello and welcome to the Audio Epics Podcast and the third episode of The Beast of the Western Wilds A Witch Hunter Tale. As requested by one of our listeners, I've decided to add a small recap of where we are in the story as an introduction to the next chapter. And I think I'm going to do this every episode from now on to make it easier. You know, to get into the story when there's been a week in between every time. So Ludlov and a young guardsman from Seven Peaks called Rudolf have made their way from Seven Peaks to a little town on the edges of the western wilds called Schnatwald to investigate the sightings of a monster. The town is right on the edges of the vast woodlands that stretch for hundreds of miles to the west and to the south. In the tavern, we meet Rudolf's cousin Adolfens, a handsome young man, as well as Dietrich Elzenbach, the muscular captain of the guard, and Konrad, the last and youngest of the guardsmen. Exploring the town on his own, Ludlov also meets with Dr. Schmetterling, who is both the doctor and the mayor of Schnittwag. Dr. Schmetterling takes Ludlov to his cellar and shows him the corpse of a recently killed creature that he was investigating. The creature is fairly small but quite frightening and Ludlov is convinced that it is a supernatural familiar of some kind. He then learns that this little monster was killed by Adolphons, the guard, when it tried to snatch a baby from its cradle in one of the houses of the town. The baby in question belongs to a girl called Nikki Elsenbach, the daughter of the captain of the guard. Ludlow goes to the Elsenbach's house and finds out that Nikki lives there with her baby boy Frederick and her father, Captain Elsenbach. She was recently widowed. Her husband, Caspar, died of a fever, and her father is now staying with her to help her out. Ludlow has a conversation with Nikki and she tells him that Adolphons was playing cards with her father just the night before when the creature came through the window and almost took her baby. Adolphons killed it just in time. Nikki also tells Ludlov that she saw something else some months ago before her baby was born. At night, near her house, she saw a larger beast with black shaggy fur and luminous green eyes. She also heard a woman's voice telling her to give up her son. Ludlov then investigates the Elsenbachs' house and tells them that they should leave and hide in the cellar of Dr. Schmetterling's house. Because it's the only stone building and because it has a nice stone cellar, it's the safest place in town. And so reluctantly, they agree. Alright, so that's where we are right now and uh, let's just dive right in with the third chapter. The Snatcher Ludlov had found Rudolf still at the inn with Adolphuns and the other remaining guardsmen, who had introduced himself as Conrad. All three had been on the verge of drunkenness, so it was not a moment too soon to put them to work. The witch hunter ordered Rudolf and Conrad to alert the mayor and prepare some beds for Nicky Elsenbach, the captain, and little Frederick, preferably in the safest part of the building. He kept Adolfons nearby. The confused men scrambled together and obeyed. By now, it was late in the afternoon. Sitting in the quiet common room, he decided to strike up a conversation with Adolphus. The handsome young guard still seemed somewhat intimidated until Ludlow ordered another beer for both of them. There's no need to be nervous in my presence, Adolphus, unless you've made yourself guilty of trafficking with agents of
1: darkness. I would never do
0: that, Master Ludlow." Such a serious answer. Well, that's what I assume. Ludlov raised his mug and had a sip. The beer was extraordinarily bitter, but rich in taste. Adolphens raised his mug as well. So, tell me, how do you feel about Nikki Elsenbach? The guard stiffened at once, then he blushed. Well, she's. she's a lovely girl. Ludlov smiled. She is. She's also a widow, and your captain's daughter. Adolfanz lowered his mug. He still hadn't touched the beer.
1: (sighs) I know. That's what's holding you back, isn't it? What would people think if, if I just tried to win her for me so soon after her husband's death? Besides, I don't think she's ready to even entertain the thought.
0: Ludlov gave him an understanding look. That seems very sensible. But don't give up. You have not escaped her notice. Adolphins' face reddened even more. I know that, sir.
1: We've known each other our whole lives. We've been best friends since childhood. But everything is different now that you're in love.
0: Adolphins finally took a gulp
1: from his beer. <coughs> I've been in love with her since before she married Casper. I just never managed to... Gather the courage to tell her. Ah, I see. You are afraid to lose a friend. Or a limb. Have you seen her father?
0: <laughs> well, he seems to like
1: you a lot. Yeah, now he does. Just wait until I tell him I would like to marry his daughter. A
0: mild-mannered peddler dared to do so. And a strapping young soldier like yourself wouldn't? <laughs> Come on, man. In any case... You must have made a good impression when you killed that creature. I suppose so. But it's a bit soon. I agree. But don't wait too long. Nikki is a very pretty girl. I'm sure there are other men in Schnatwald who will have noticed that.
1: I thought you were a witch hunter, not a matchmaker. I'm old-fashioned. I enjoy good romance. He took another
0: gulp from his beer. About Rudolf. Adolfan's face brightened. Relieved to be talking about something else than Nicky Elsenbach. You're cousins, but you seem to be great friends as well.
1: Ah, yeah. We used to be thick as thieves until the military split our paths. He spent a year in some camp far to the north while I was sent east to Parslavina. After that, I got stationed back home and he became a guard in Seven Peaks. It's good to see him again.
0: He's a pleasant fellow.
1: Too pleasant for his line of work, I know. I've always felt a bit protective of him. The waitress passed
0: by. She was about to clean the tables. Miss, I'd like something to eat, please. She looked at him impatiently.
2: What are you having then, Hey?"
0: The witch hunter shrugged. The venison smelled good. Then he turned to Adolphus. Are you hungry? The young man simply shook his head. Just the venison for me then. And some bread. She made a mocking little bow, holding her tablecloth draped over her arm as if she were a royal table servant.
2: Right away, Uh, sir.
0: Then she left for the kitchen. Ludlov leaned forward to Adolphin's conspiratorially. You mentioned feeling protective of Rudolph. Is that why you gave him that amulet?
1: Ah, you've seen that, have you? Yes. I found it in the woods once. The doctor said it was probably blessed by a cardinal. So I thought... It could keep Rudy safe. Ludlov looked
0: at the young man
1: appreciatively. Do you have any
0: idea of the value of such a thing?
1: No one here would ever buy it. If I had kept it, it would simply have been collecting dust in my house. At least now it serves a purpose.
0: True friendship. A rare sight.
1: Adolph Lund's finished his beer. Well, I still have some work to do, if you don't mind. It was a pleasure to meet you. He was about to take out his money purse, but Ludlov raised his hand. Please, the
0: beer was on me. Thank you, Master Ludlov. With a final nod of greeting, Adolphons left the inn. Ludlov remained in his seat, thinking about his conversations in the village so far. When the waitress came to bring him the food, he halted her for a moment. Excuse me, miss, can I ask you something? She gave him that same exasperated look again. He ignored it. Mistress Winkler. What can you tell me about her?
2: Old Heidi? Well, what can you say about one like her, eh? She's full rocker. Yeah, she's lost her marbles. She's got a few bats loose in the attic. Well, all right,
0: all right. I think you've made your point. Where can I find her?
2: Roaming round the street. moaning about revenge and demons and what have you.
0: And feeling that?
2: In her ass. Yeah, it's the one with the roof that's all moss and the walls that are all ivy. Strange one, there.
0: Ludlov knew he still needed to ask Adolphin some more questions about his encounter with the creature, but there would be time for that later. Ever since Nicky had mentioned Mistress Winkler, he had become curious. He was particularly interested in meeting this old woman. And so, shortly before sundown, he made his way to the saddest-looking house of the village. He had almost missed it, since it lay hidden amidst the trees and it was surrounded by a tall hedge. Walking through the arched opening in the hedge felt like entering another world. The small garden was full of strange little statues. Between the untended mess of bushes, weeds and wild flowers stood tall stones with rune markings on them. Even Ludlov, despite his extensive knowledge, didn't recognize the writing. The house itself seemed like it was about to collapse under the weight of its thatched roof, which was so overtaken by nature that there were bushes growing on top of it. A flock of jackdaws fluttered away from it when he neared the front door, which was hidden behind hanging tendrils of ivy.
2: I'm here, if you need me.
0: A voice had come from his right. Rudlov turned and only then noticed the small woman sitting on a bench amidst the strange objects in her garden. A wisp of smoke rose from her bent form. I'm sorry I hadn't noticed you.
2: Few do. Most choose not to. <laughs> ah, you at least made an effort.
0: While she was speaking, she kept her face down, like she was intensely looking at something on the ground. When Ludlov approached, he smelled pipeweed and saw some chicken bones strewn about at her feet. The witch hunter in him was inclined to take those idle things away, but he knew it would be pointless and crude to harass an old woman about such matters. He chose to ignore her superstition. Heidi Winkler. The old lady looked up. She had a round face and thin, short hair that was still mostly black. Ludlov was surprised to find clarity and intelligence in her green eyes. She removed the pipe from her mouth.
2: Witch hunter.
0: Call me Ludlov. I'd like to talk to you. She gestured for him to sit beside her on the bench. Ludlov hoped the rickety thing wouldn't crash under the additional weight, but he slowly sat down.
2: I'm not trying to predict the future or anything, you know. you just like looking at chicken bones.
0: Of course. And I am Mayor Grundheim's personal chamber pot cleaner. I'm not in the habit of arresting the elderly. Unless you're trafficking with demons. She shook her head with a dour expression.
2: Uh, I've had my fill of those.
0: Tell me. Heidi sat back and enjoyed her pipe for a moment. She blew out a puff of smoke and then pointed the stem of the pipe to an indistinct point beyond her hedge.
2: They all say I'm insane. I'm not. No, I wish I was.
0: Ludlov was inclined to believe her. He had met many deranged people in his profession, and this woman didn't show any trace that made him suspect anything like it. Is there a reason people talk about you that way?
2: Because I believed I could contact him.
0: Him? She started smoking again.
2: My son. He died 30 years ago.
0: An infant? She nodded. I understand the temptation, Heidi. But contacting the dead is not right.
2: Why? Because your church says so, Ludlov.
0: Because you do not know what it is you'll contact. It might not be your son.
2: Uh, You might be right about that. Something
0: in the way she had spoken those words prodded Ludlov's curiosity. If there is anything you have done that I should know, tell me, Heidi. I promise you I will leave the consequences between yourself and the goddess. She shoved the chicken bones away and bit down on her pipe. She suddenly looked very nervous and her eyes started looking around shiftily. He
2: is back.
0: She blew smoke into Ludlow's face. (coughs) Who? Who? Your son?
2: No, no, not my son. I know he's dead. He must be. I tried bringing him back. But it didn't work.
0: That last sentence deeply disturbed the witch hunter. He was starting to understand where this woman's reputation came from. If he were in Seven Peaks, he would have been forced to arrest and interrogate her. But out here, it would only hinder his investigation.
2: The baby snatcher. The one who stole my boy.
0: Hmm. Yes. You say he. You don't think this is just some. Mindless beast then The old lady shook her head
2: The beast that took him was, maybe But it was sent by another One with a mind and an evil purpose
0: I believe you are right And another child is in danger now She held her own arms And started rocking Like a nervous child
2: I know, Ludlov, but, um, But there is little you can do
0: he frowned. I am a witch hunter. This is what I do.
2: Not this time. If he wants the baby, he will have him.
0: She looked away from him, smoking her pipe. He took her shoulder. You lost a child to this monster. Don't you want to do something to spare another mother from the same fate? Heidi looked at him sorrowfully.
2: I'd like to help but I've been there, witch hunter, in, in the black woods. I, I actually went there to look for him.
0: Now Ludlow was intrigued. The black woods. So there really is such a place. Heidi patiently blew out some more smoke before responding.
2: There is. No, I didn't stay long. No, no, it was clear to me, fully clear, that place is the mouth of the underworld. All hope left me when I set foot there. I never went back. That was thirty years ago.
0: She got up from the bench.
2: That's all I have for you, witch hunter.
0: Ludlov was still curious about her experiences in the woods, but he felt he would get no more out of her for the day. Thank you, Heidi. He got up as well. Maybe we will talk later. Then he left the strange garden and made his way to the town hall. Ludlow, the guards and the Elsenbachs were all gathered in the mayor's cellar. Nicky was sitting on a cot, cradling her baby boy in her arms. Furs and candles had been brought in to make the basement of the town hall a bit warmer and more comfortable for a young mother and her child. And, of course, the corpse of the baby snatcher had been removed. Will you be all right in here?
2: I prefer home, of course. But I do feel safer here.
0: Well, that is the point. He turned to Rudolf. The young guardsman eyed him nervously. Rudolph, see that window in the ceiling. Dr. Schmetterling informed me that that window is actually the bottom of the water well in his garden outside above us. I want you to go and stand watch in the garden to make absolutely sure nothing enters through the well. Rudolph nodded, but he was clearly unhappy with that task.
3: Your cousin should join you.
0: The two men smiled at each other.
3: Allow me to stand guard here with Nicky. If anything does enter, I will kill it.
0: There was a fire in Captain Elsenbach's eyes. Of course. I would not deprive you of that opportunity, Captain. Nicky gave a relieved smile at that. Conrad, who had been sitting quietly in the background, spoke up. What about me? Rudlov investigated the young man. He looked entirely ordinary from his short brown hair to his average height. You come with me.
3: All right, then. What will you do, witch hunter?
0: I'm hoping to arrange a rendezvous with another one of these creatures. Everyone looked a bit taken aback at that. Well, what are you all waiting for? Nightfall is upon us. To your posts. Then the witch hunter and the guards left the cellar. When they had gone up the stairs to the hallway and closed the door... Ludlov halted and took Adolfunds by the arm. A moment, Adolfunds. Rudolf and Conrad stopped walking as well. You go on ahead, men. The young guardsmen nodded and left through the front door. Adolfunds scanned the witch hunter's face anxiously. I want to ask you a bit more about the other night. Of course, Master Witch Hunter. The young man had an earnest look on his face that bore a clear resemblance to his cousins. Although Adolphons was far better looking. You slew that monster. That should make you a hero around here. But no one is celebrating you. Why is that?
1: Adolphons shrugged. I don't need such things, master. I asked Nicky and the captain to keep it quiet. The other villagers don't know about the creature. I don't want the whole village to go into a panic.
0: Very sensible of you, Adolphons. Very commendable. (laughs) Well... A shy smile appeared on the young man's face. And the mayor, Dr. Schmetterling, he knows about it?
1: That was Captain Elsenbach's decision. I see. What more can you tell me about the creature itself?
0: You saw it alive. How did it move? What sounds did it make? The very memory made Adolfon's uneasy.
1: It it had a smell. I can't quite describe it. It was like burned hair, and it made almost no sound at all. It moved like a snake. Like a snake? What do you mean? Very quick and quiet and... flowing. I see. And you just drew your sword right
0: away and cut it in half?
1: I did. I was surprised even myself.
0: Silence fell in the hallway as Ludlov pondered Adolphin's words. Then he simply patted him on the back and left the building. A silver beam of moonlight fell through the open window of the Elsenbach's upstairs room. A single candle shed a warm light on the baby bed. Where only a wooden doll lay tucked in under the soft blanket. Ludlov sat hidden in the shadows at the back of the room, waiting patiently. If the baby snatcher had indeed been the kind of familiar created by foul magic, it would not have been very intelligent. Therefore, if another one of these creatures were to come, Ludlov expected it would try the exact same tactics again. This time, He would see it for himself, and more than that, the witch hunter had a plan. As the clouds broke in the night air, the full moon was fully unveiled, facing Ludlov with its bright rays. His heartbeat increased, his senses sharpened. Something was about to happen. He stared intently at the windowsill, deeply focused he expected to see four long, hairy fingers appearing, followed by spindly arms and two bright eyes shining from a monstrous head. Clenching his jaw, he opened his coat and held out the tiny crossbow he had prepared for this occasion. He was already aiming it where he thought the creature would appear. Years of experience made him do things like that sometimes. But experience wasn't always right. No fingers appeared. No monstrous appearance. There was just the bright moon and the sound of the trees swaying in the soft wind outside. Nothing then. His heartbeat softened. His instincts had been wrong. That was rare. And disturbing. He had sensed it. Almost known that something horrible had been about to occur. A pang of uncertainty hit him. He almost felt ashamed, sitting here like a fool. He had ordered Conrad to watch the house from the outside and warn Ludlov if anything unexpected happened. The witch hunter had clarified that he expected a creature to come crawling through the window. Perhaps the guardman had already seen and killed the creature against Ludlov's orders. Well, the night wasn't over the beast might still appear. Evil never wasted an opportunity. He knew that well enough. Now the hair in the back of his neck stood up again. Ludlov was on edge once more. No. His instincts had not been wrong. Something was happening right now. A terrible cry echoed through the village. At once, Ludlov sprang from his hiding place and ran to the window. He looked outside. Conrad was running in the direction of the town hall. Conrad! Ludlov cried out his name, but the guardsman ignored him. Wasting no further breath, Ludlov turned and ran down the stairs. Leaving the Elsenbach house, the witch hunter hastened after Conrad, who had already reached the mayor's garden. Ludlov saw the young guardsman falling on his knees and crying out to the night sky. It was a sound every bit as terrible as the agonizing scream he had heard before. When he arrived at the well, Ludlov saw that Conrad's cry had been one of raw emotion. The guardsman was now sobbing. Beside him was Adolphins, also on his knees, holding a mangled corpse in his arms. The corpse was Rudolph. His rib cage had been cracked open, revealing his intestines. A pool of blood coalesced around the well, gleaming black in the
1: moonlight.
0: Ludlov ran to the well. The window pane had been shattered, but he could not look down into the cellar. It was too dark. He had half a mind to simply crawl over the edge and jump down. But before he could decide anything, a mass of black fur rose up out of the well with the fury of a hurricane. The witch hunter staggered back, suddenly faced with a creature far more terrible than the diminutive baby snatcher. It was clearly the monster Nicky had described. Wild black hair stuck out from its bulky yet supple silhouette like the branches of a winter forest. Along its hunched spine ran long, thin spikes, as sharp as the fangs of a viper. At the end of the creature's extended, muscular arms were claws, sharp and curved like scimitars. As it sat hunched on the edge of the well, the monster held a linen bundle in its massive jaw, teeth sinking into the soft fabric. No one could possibly wrench that child from those fangs. Ludlow thought bitterly. He had failed completely. He had been unable to save little Frederick, and in the process his newfound friend Rudolf had met a terrible end. Such despair was swelling in Ludlov's heart that it dwarfed even his natural fear of the monster's teeth and claws. Then the accursed thing spit out the bundle causing it to fall into the pool of Rudolf's blood around the well. The linen fell open, revealing a lifeless wooden doll. Great luminous green cat eyes peered calmly and defiantly into Ludlov's own. He felt naked under the creature's terrifying, inscrutable gaze, effortlessly the beast then leaped right over Ludlov's head and sped away. Wasting no time, Ludlov turned and shot a tiny bolt from his handheld crossbow. It did nothing to slow down the creature or even provoke a reaction, but he prayed silently that he had at least hit it. A second later, the monster was gone. Adolphens looked up to the witch hunter, tears still streaming down his
1: face. I'm sorry, Master Ludlow. I was powerless against it. It was so...
0: Unable to finish his sentence, he bowed his head in shame and wept. Ludlow forced himself to look at the corpse of Rudolf, remembering how he had prodded the young guardsman to leave behind his family for a few days' double salary. Then he bowed his head and saw that Rudolf's blood had spread around his boots. You did nothing wrong, Adalphonse. You did nothing wrong.
3: When the creature came in through the window, all candles were extinguished at once. I was left in utter darkness.
0: Captain Elsenbach's face darkened as he regaled the memory. A paltry collection of oil lamps and candles had brought at least some light back to Dr. Schmetterling's cellar now. Ludlov, the captain and Adolphins were standing in a circle. The mayor himself was there as well, still wearing his nightgown. Conrad had been sent to Heidi Winkler's house.
3: The monster ignored me. It simply went straight for the baby. Or what it thought was the baby.
0: The wooden doll. That wasn't my idea. Why didn't you tell me about this?
3: Nikki came up with it herself at the last minute. She felt... unsafe here, she said.
0: The Widow Elsenbach's instincts outmatched Ludlov's own, apparently. So, she snuck out of the house, with little Frederick, leaving behind this wooden decoy. That was dangerous. Did no one accompany her? Elsenbach shook his head.
3: She had to go unnoticed. I was against it, but she persuaded me. She's been right about such things before.
0: Ludlov understood. When was this?
3: Not long after you and Conrad made for our house. About an hour and a half ago.
0: Ludlov fell quiet, going over the events of the past night in his mind. Adolfunds was sitting on a barrel still shaking uncontrollably. Dr. Schmetterling laid a soft hand on the guardsman's shoulder. He looked like he wanted to say some words of comfort, but couldn't think of any. Captain Elsenbach was staring at the broken window in the ceiling, his stern face undoubtedly masking a thousand emotions. Master Ludlow, I've been thinking. Adolf looked up, grief had ravaged his handsome features. Rudloff went over to him.
1: Adolphons, I want to apologise. Adolphons held up a hand. No, no apologies, Master Witch Hunter. Rudolf wanted to be brave his whole life, to be a, a hero. He finally managed to do something heroic. It didn't change anything, but at least he at least he died standing where he always wanted to stand. Between innocence and darkness. <sighs>
3: Excuse
1: me. Ludlov
0: bit his lower lip, unable to say anything in reply. <coughs> then Dr. Schmetterling spoke up.
3: Rudolf was a good man. We have
0: all lost a friend. But I know he was especially dear to you, Adolfons.
1: Adolphon's dried his tears. Thank you, Doctor. And Master Ludlov, I have something. I-, I want you to have it.
0: Only now did Ludlov notice that he had been clenching something in his fist. Adolphonz took Ludlov's hand and led the item in his palm. It was the amulet of Sancta Guendala. Ludlov's heart skipped a beat. Would you wear this for him, please? Ludlow looked at him in shock. Why are you giving this to me? Why me, of all people? If I hadn't taken him along, he he would have still lived.
1: Adalfons nodded. I know. Don't let that haunt you, Master Ludlow. Please, take it.
0: Adalfons, I'm deeply grateful, but, but I'm not sure I can accept this.
1: I would just be collecting dust in my house, remember? You're a witch hunter. Gwendala is your patron saint. Maybe she'll help you find justice for Rudolph.
0: Ludlov reverently accepted the amulet, hung it around his neck, and tucked it underneath his clothes. Thank you, Adolphus. I will not forget this gift. Then the door opened slowly. It was Conrad, the last of the guardsmen. His face was as pale as moonlight, And Ludlov knew right away that something wasn't right. The captain turned, facing the newcomer.
1: Captain Elsenbach, I I have to tell you something. Your grandson, Frederick, is gone.
0: A black silence fell. At once, the very air seemed heavy with dread. Wordlessly, Captain Elsenbach strode out of the room. The inside of Heidi Winkler's house was as messy and chaotic as a garden. The guardsmen had already pushed aside most of the clutter and furniture to make room when Ludlov entered, but it was still a crammed and somehow foreboding place to be. Lowering his head to avoid cords of bones and dried herbs dangling from the low ceiling, the witch hunter made his way to the back of the small room, where Nicky Elsenbach lay on a fur-strewn cot. Sitting beside her on a chair was old Heidi, the heavy hands of Captain Alzenbach, resting on her shoulders. He was clearly holding her down in her chair, not comforting her. As the captain and Conrad looked on, Ludlov knelt beside the young woman. She was smiling softly, fast asleep in a pleasant dream. He almost didn't want to wake her. Then he noticed several scratches running along her hands. He gently pulled her sleeves aside and saw that the scratches continued on her arms. He looked up to her father, who sighed and shook his head.
2: Don't bother trying to wake her up, witch hunter. It won't work.
0: Ludlov believed Heidi. He turned his head towards the old lady. Your knowledge of herbs and potions is rich, Heidi. Is this your doing? She met his stern gaze without flinching.
2: Oh, this, this fragile thing was in utter shock. Witch Hunter, she, she was shaking uncontrollably and had trouble breathing. I, I gave her a small measure of peace for a little while.
0: Her small measure of peace had been a bridge too far in Ludlow's opinion, but he backed off. Standing up, he met Captain Elsenbach's angry gaze. Why are you holding her in that grip? The captain's scowl grew even deeper.
3: My grandson was stolen by a monster while he was in the keeping of this witch. We should have never allowed her to live in this village. She is clearly in league with that monster.
0: Ever since Conrad's news, all gentleness had drained from Captain Elsenbach. The soft-spoken giant was gone. Here was a mountain of a man barely containing his explosive fury. Such fury needed to be put to good use or it would become dangerous, Ludlov quietly noticed to himself. What happened here, Heidi? The old woman made a vain effort to wrest herself free from the captain's grip. Then she gave up and spoke.
2: The girl came to me. That was her own idea, not mine, so so I agreed to take them both in, and her and her child. The boy was sleeping in her arms when we both heard a scratching sound on the roof. And the sound continued to the chimney. Well, at, first, at first I thought I was a bird, but then it became clear. it was one of those creatures. I know them all too well. The very same ones took my boy 30 years ago. I couldn't get through the roof and the windows had been barred, but... I hadn't thought of the chimney. Suddenly, there it was, in my hearth, covered in ashes. It was the size of a shepherd dog with spindly long legs and bulbous red eyes and ears like a bat. It all happened very quickly. Nicky fought off the creature, but it was fast as lightning and it was only interested in one thing. Getting the baby.
0: Ludlow turned to Conrad with a questioning
1: look. When I arrived... The baby was gone, Master little Love. Heidi was trying to calm down Mistress Elsenbach.
0: You didn't actually see the creature then. Conrad shook his head. How did it escape with the baby? Back through the chimney? While carrying the child? It must have been quite the little acrobat. Heidi's look was dead
2: serious. That's exactly right, witch hunter. It was so fast and so agile, like I almost couldn't follow it with my old eyes.
0: Captain Elsenbach's grip on the woman's frail shoulders tightened.
3: Surely you do not believe all of this convenient puppycock witch hunter.
0: Ludlov calmly turned to the captain.
3: What is your theory then? Well, clearly the hag drugged my Nicky and gave little Frederick away to one of those creatures. Isn't it a bit convenient that it left her alone when my daughter was scratched?
0: Heidi glowered at the man. Though she didn't reach half his size, she would not be subdued by him.
2: I'm an old woman, Captain. What would you have expected of me? Do you think I don't care? I know what it's like. All of this has happened before to me. And this is how I lost my son. The, the same kind of creatures came for him. And I would not wish such a nightmare on anyone. <laughs> no.
0: She couldn't go on. Rudloff couldn't help but feel sorry for the old woman, even if he was sceptical of her story himself. He waited for a bit and then spoke up. Well, Captain, for the time being we must withhold judgement of this woman. Our only task now is to find your grandson. The big man's expression
3: softened a bit. Very well then. What do you suggest?
0: Ludlov laid his hand on the man's shoulder. I want you to come with me, Captain. We will find this creature and Frederick. Captain Elsenbach pushed his hand away. We'll need to know where they are first.
2: There's no trail you can follow, I'm afraid. I ran out of the door when it fled, trying to catch it, but I saw it climbing up into the trees, swinging from branch to branch. It never even touched the ground.
0: Her eyes glazed over, as if she was transfixed by the memory. Still, there is another trail that we could follow. The larger beast that killed Rudolph. Surely it left a set of prints that we can follow. I think I managed to wound it, so there may be a blood trail also. We
3: do not even know if this larger beast lives in the same lair as the one that took Frederick. But I suppose it's the only trail we can follow. Conrad spoke up. It's nearly dawn. Maybe another
0: hour or so. Is there a priest in this village to bless Rudolph on his final journey? Not today. There's a priest who comes here twice a week on Confession Day and on Union Day. The rest of the week, he goes back to farming. Priests who doubled as farmers or craftsmen were not that uncommon in rural areas. Seek him out tomorrow, then. Captain Elzenbach, will you join me on a monster hunt? The captain's face was still a mask of stoic rage.
3: Try and stop me, witch hunter.